Welcome to How to Be a Person, the newsletter, for Monday, February 26, 2024. Outside the Butchers Once I had a friend named Ben. He was really nice. I value friendship over most everything else, and I wanted to be a man that makes friends easily. But Ben was boring. So boring. I felt terrible for leading him on, but not as terrible as I did hanging out with him. So I ghosted him, but he wouldn't take a hint. I've, I've, I've ghosted people in the past, and then I've tried the other thing of, of where you confront them and say, this isn't working out for me, and we're going to have to break up. and Neither work. Neither, n- none of it ends up well. You're always the asshole if you're the perpetrator. This time I tried to ghost, but that didn't work either. He caught me in front of the butcher shop one day and confronted me. It was an amazing time. Two middle-aged men having a hurt feelings spat on the street like we were in high school again. I love a youthful experience. For 15 minutes, all civility and age-one appropriateness was gone. It was two children breaking up with one another. It felt exhilarating and awkward and pitiful. I was alive, present. I was loved. Thrilled to be the victor, the perpetrator, the one in charge. I felt guilty for hurting him. I probably could have done that better and then ashamed, but then defiant and righteous. Fuck him if he can't read a room. People have broken up with me. I'm not everyone's cup of tea all the time. When someone distances themselves from me, I know the best chance I have of, of being with them again is if I give them space. Play it cool. It's not something I'm historically good at, playing it cool, but it pays off. When I learned this lesson for the last time about not playing it cool, about learning to play it cool, I was at the airport. We were all there, the whole family, and uh, the big one was coming back from his first solo flight to Vancouver to visit his grandparents. And so he was walking in. He was eight, and he was in his cool haircut and his cool jeans and his leather jacket, and he had his backpack. And he just rolled into um, to the luggage uh, hall there at uh, Toronto Pearson. And he was talking to a flight attendant, his escort, or whatever you call him. And, uh, and I just yelled his name out. And there, I think there was a lot of excitement in my voice. And uh, my, there, her, his, his mom, my ex, said to me, JB, play it cool. And I could hear that. Yeah, play it cool. Don't. Don't make it about you. Don't take all the air out of the room. I just went over to the to the luggage uh, snake and waited for his bag. You know, just go over here and make yourself useful. Go, just go over here and pay for something. Just relax. Play it cool. And I stood there for about two minutes watching that endless snake go around and around and around, realizing that he only had carry-on. He didn't check any bags. It pays off. The world isn't looking for needy. The world isn't looking for provocation either. Not in real life.
but it is looking for it in the world of performance. Have you watched Phantom Thread? It's Daniel Day-Lewis and other people. And I know what I have said about DDL in the past. I know. I'm a hypocrite. I'm, I'm now talking about how wonderful he is. In Phantom Thread, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, he plays an uptight fashion designer who's cruel to his muses. The way he does it, though, without showing us he's doing it. The way it's always about what the audience is feeling and not about what he's feeling. And you can tell the difference because what he's doing isn't demonstrative, but you are affected. This is great acting. No histrionics, but a laser-like precision. The famously method actor, DDL, must have been a real peach to work with, which I would love to experience. We're not there to make friends. To be affected by a fellow actor, however, so much that you wonder if something is wrong. Did I say something, you think? You go up to, up to them at the end of the day and say, is everything all right? And they, and, and they say, or DDL says, yes, darling, I was acting. And they put the emphasis on the last syllable so it tings across the room like an olive pit launched from the toothy mouth of a Bertie Wooster type. Ting! He's really good in it. You should watch it for that. But it's another actor you should watch, too. A jobbing actor that really impresses in this film. Her name's Harriet Sance Samson Harris. And she is playing a proxy for the real-life Woolworths heiress, Barbara Hutton. Drunk, fragile, unendingly rich, Harris plays victim and perpetrator all in the space of two minutes. She smiles through unbearable sadness, laughing, coquettish, then stopping herself from crying, and then ending with quiet menace. That's what you want in performance. Provocation from high status to low and back to high. It doesn't matter about the size. It doesn't matter what you call it. It doesn't matter if it's for film and TV or theater or whatever. Great acting is great acting is great acting. Provocation is not what you want in real life. Life is hard enough without buttheads breaking up with you in front of the butchers. Still, a scrape is followed by a band-aid and a treat, and then it turns into a story. And a story is always better than being boring, isn't it? <laughs>